This is the Great Groups Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about great conversations, how to lead conversations in your small group. You're listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Our goal is to equip small group leaders at Brook Hills and beyond to make disciples through effective group ministry. You'll hear from Jay Gordon, who has more than 30 years of experience in leading church small group ministries. And he'll be joined by Chris Amaro, one of the small group leaders for the Church of Brook Hills. And often, you'll also enjoy interviews with other small group leaders. So, enjoy the commute, and thanks for listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Here we are again, Chris. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty good. How about you? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. That doesn't sound like great. I mean, this is the great groups podcast. You know what? I'm doing great. (laughs) It doesn't sound like Tony the Tiger. It's reminding me of great. (laughs) But uh, it's been a it's been a busy day. So I hear you. Energy is winding down. (laughs) Yes, I hear you. Yeah, sometimes our listeners don't know, but sometimes we record these late at night. We start at nine o'clock or later. Ooh, it's nine forty five p.m. right now. I'm still ready to go. All right, let's do it. And um, you know. Chris, you hurt my feelings a little bit a few Uh-oh. minutes ago. You know, tonight we've got a list, and uh, we try to keep these podcasts, you know, around 25 minutes. And, you know, Chris insinuated maybe we needed to schedule four different podcasts for the list we're going through tonight. <laughs> sometimes the truth hurts, man. <laughs> oh, man, sometimes, sometimes. I heard you had something interesting that happened. You saw one of our listeners wearing a shirt. You know, I got to tell you, I had a really fun experience. Um, I was in a meeting um with one of our ministries here at the church. Uh, it's actually off campus at another uh, facility. And I'm sitting in the room with um, a, a friend of mine and I look up and here comes a young lady walking in wearing our great groups podcast t-shirt. And I looked at it and I said, I don't know who she is. <laughs> I never thought I would experience this, but I wouldn't know one of our fans wearing one of our t-shirts. And so after, after our meeting, I got up and went and introduced myself and I said, Hey, um, this is kind of interesting for me. Uh, you're wearing the podcast shirt, and and she looked at me. And she said, "You're Chris." <laughs> and I said, "Yes, I am." She goes, "I recognize your voice." That's great. That's so, great. <laughs> it was really fun. So it was uh, Meredith Salmon. Okay, cool. And uh, it was really cool to meet her. And she told me how she got the shirt. And thank you, Ashley, for arranging that. That's so, neat. It was a That's fun neat. experience. I really, I still kind of gives me this weird like. Yeah, we have fans that we don't know. There you go. And you mentioned t-shirts. We're going to get an inquiries from all over the world. How do I get a great groups t-shirt? So who gets the t-shirts? Yeah. So if you are a guest on our show, you get a t-shirt. All right. And a few others. Yeah. Also, if you are a professing fan, meaning you actually talk about our podcast to other people that you know, we're going to find a way to get you a t-shirt. Okay. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So I had an interesting experience with the Salmons, Jared and Meredith. Um, Back in 2018, Liz and I were going through the national parks in southern Utah, and my favorite was Bryce Canyon. It was absolutely beautiful. So we had hiked down in there, enjoyed the sights, and we're hiking back out, which is a windy trail uphill for a very long way. And so we stopped to rest and pulled over, you know, to the side up against the canyon wall, leaving plenty of room for people coming down and going up, you know, to have plenty of room. And as I'm looking down in the canyon, I just kind of felt somebody's presence to my right. And my first thought was, dude, you're kind of in my body space. I left plenty of room for people to to go by. And as I turned my face toward him, he said, "Um, hey, do you go to Brook Hills? (laughs) And so here we are in southern Utah. And and so, um, you know, he introduced himself, and it was Jared and Meredith. Oh, wow. uh, That's funny. We ran into one another. You know, I was 
we were coming out of Bryce Canyon hiking out and they were headed in. So I thought, wow, what a small world. That is cool. Maybe we should get Jared a uh, shirt just because he got in your personal There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I guess if he's somebody I knew and a Brook Hills person, you know, they can get a little bit closer than just a stranger. So, well, Meredith spoke highly of a couple of episodes uh, to some friends of hers. And so I just want to say thank you for listening. There you go. Appreciate that. There you go. Cool. Jay, what are we doing tonight? Tonight we're covering great conversations and I just want to give credit where credit is due up front. Um, I have kind of had this document in my mind for like 10 years uh, wanting to do that. And I ran across, um, actually it looks like this was 2018, same year I ran into Jared and Meredith. Um, It's adapted from Jim Putman with Real Life Ministries in Post Post Falls, Idaho. Uh, There was something on his site and I I get his emails and had, uh, had seen that and linked to it and went, Hey, that's sort of what I wanted to do, but, but I tweaked and tweaked and tweaked. And what's so funny is, you know, I could show this to Jim Putman and he'd go, that's not my dog. You know, it is <laughs> totally different, but it, it got me started. So I want to give him a little bit of credit there sure. with that. And so there's so many, so many reasons we want to talk about having great conversations. It's just so important that, uh, you know, people really process their spiritual growth verbally. I, I think verbalizing what's going on with you spiritually really helps internalize it. And so for that reason, I encourage our small groups to have a lot of discussion. And so that's one reason the size of our groups is really important. Um, I have a confession. My Sunday morning group, I do a Sunday morning group, and uh, Liz and I do a Sunday night group. My Sunday morning group has just really grown over the past year, and we had like 26 Sunday mornings Jay in the room. Gordon, seriously. <laughs> it's not a small group anymore, is it? <laughs> no. We have plans for multiplication. I've already said that, so get off my back. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, today as I was thinking through the group session we had yesterday, I was going, oh, man, I was just thinking through everybody that participated in discussion, and there were so many people that just didn't even say one word. Mm. And so – you know, when you have a group like that, you really need to do some breakouts and different things to to get people, uh, to give them a chance to discuss and process what's going on. Um, I tell people that visit my group, hey, you can expect 50% discussion, you know, and so we're not going to just lecture for the whole time because we want to give you time to process and contribute. And so often people have things to contribute that really help the value of what's being said, you know, personal stories and illustration. So we really want people contributing to the group. So um, let me just read a little bit at the top of the document. One of the things that says um, a set of discussion guidelines can help us, one, value one another through established boundaries. And that's so important. We value one another through our conversation. And you'll see that as we discuss some of these. Number two, establish the flow and pace of our discussions. And three, help us become comfortable discussing spiritual matters. You know, sometimes we're just not used to discussing spiritual things or what's going on with us internally. And so uh, it's important that we set the example for others, you know, that come into the group that they are able to see how to process those things. I'm excited about this because there's a lot of things on this document that would just help generally, um, whether it's, you know, guys talking to each other or it's ladies. Well, Ladies always find a way to talk to each other, don't not they? Not always. I mean, but okay. some, usually, not always. Usually. But guys are, in particular, are terrible about starting conversations or even staying on topic or whatnot. So this will be good to uh, to walk through. Yep. Cool. So, um, you know, often some of the people that we worry about most are long talkers in our group. Uh, that That's a word I use sometimes for people that 
when they talk, it usually takes a while. It, it's a long time. I don't know anybody like that. Yeah, right, right, right. So, <laughs> but um, I think we all need to be concerned about those that I would uh, affectionately call short talkers, people who say very little or none at all because we want them to be engaged in the group as, as well. And sometimes we have to lead the group to make make conversational space for those people and encourage them to enter. And Chris, I'll go ahead and share one idea that, that I, I think I've already shared this, so I'll make it, make it quick. The idea just hit me about six months ago that one thing I can do to help conversation in my group, when we first get in the room, we have like 10 minutes that are just, uh, you know, time to build community, get to know one another. One thing I started do to do rather than just have everybody talk on their own, I would say, okay, group, let's go ahead and get started. But what we're going to do is go around the room and everybody just tell one thing that's gone on this past week with you. We're not talking spiritual yet, just anything, you know, that's going on in your mm-hmm. life, anything this past week or next week, hey, just catch us up with your life. And we'd learn, learn interesting things about one another that helps us connect. And one of the things I really love that the people who often don't say anything, when we're going around the room like that, hey, anybody can tell something that's going on in their life. Hey, I went to the library or I visited my mom or we're going on vacation or, you know, my, my kid broke his arm, you know, whatever, right. just anything. Something going you know. on. And so we, we kind of kind of help people get to be, you know, participating and talking that, that way. So I think that's good. All right. Ready to launch into the list? Let's do it. All right. Number one, and I'm, I'm going to read some of these. I ho- hope that doesn't come across badly, but we'll, uh, we'll just do that because I think it's important. And there are, 16 of these, and that's why Chris said, let's count on multiple episodes. And we're nine minutes in already. Yeah, we're nine right. minutes in. Let's nine get. minutes and 50 seconds. So we, <laughs> we actually have a timer. Some people wouldn't think that we do. <laughs> All right. Number one is authentic environment. We strive to create an environment where we can be real, open, and honest about our lives. As we encourage everyone to participate in that, and we encourage everyone to participate in that authenticity. Let's allow Philippians 2, 3, and 4 to help us form a culture of love, care, patience, humility, and unity of purpose growing, unity of purpose growing in Christ. Man, I I can't read and I wrote this, but (laughs) we want to have unity of purpose, which is growing in Christ. And Philippians 2, 3, and 4 talks about us valuing others above ourselves. And I think we do that so much in conversation. In fact, conversation is a key way that we show value to others above ourselves. And so that's a way to practice Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Yeah, I love that one because it's about being real about being transparent, about being humble, uh, showing humility. Um, but at the same time, being willing to talk about something that's really painful mm. or knowing when it's time to not bring something up that's really painful. Yeah, and I don't think I really realize how this helps connect with people. Uh, I had somebody tell me even Sunday, uh, you know, I know it's important to be transparent, you know, in an appropriate way. And uh, somebody told me Sunday they appreciated even, you know, in the size of our group, there are times that I'm, real and talk about, you know, not doing this well or not knowing the answer to that question or, um, you know, having a failure here or there, whatever, you know, in various ways. And so that just helps connect people because, you know, we all know we're failures (laughs) in one way or the other. And so I think it, it just helps form a connection when we admit that. Very good stuff. All right. What's number two, Chris? Confidentiality. Um, before I get into this, uh, I'll, I'll paint this picture. Um, I like to tell my small group, uh, and I've, I've told many other small group leaders that when that door shuts, when everybody's in for small group, um, 
it's like the movies where you have like the CIA room where the president walks in and all of a sudden the windows are gassed up yeah. and you can't <laughs> see through them. They were clear five seconds ago. Now they're not. Yes. That's your small group room. That's your space. And whatever is said in that room is said among family and it should never be transpired outside of that room unless it is with the person that has been affected by it. And you're having a conversation with that person. You're, you're with the person that the story surrounds or whatever it is that surrounds it. Um, it's just confidentiality. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what we talk about stays with us. Yes. And one exception to that might be if, if you think of some valid reason to talk to somebody else about that, go and ask that person, Hey, I have somebody that's gone through that. Could I share part of your story with them and maybe connect you guys? So if you have their permission, sometimes, you know, that, that might be right. an exception, but definitely, definitely do that. And man, when we violate confidentiality, it's a group killer. It is one hundred percent. I mean, you, I, it's non-negotiable. <laughs> yeah, I, I was telling Chris before the podcast as we reviewed this. I've got stories to tell, but I really can't tell them. No, you, you can't. <laughs> because, yeah, but anyway, just trust me. You know, that's we really need to emphasize that with our group. And you know, one thing I might have neglected to say is this is a document that that we have online. You can go to brookhills.org/slash leader resources, and we have a number of resources there. But if you look for a document called Great Discussions or Great Conversations, um, you'll see that. There's some click-down boxes, and I think this one is under the Tools tab that you click. But I also want to clarify this. There are probably two documents that I would encourage you to share at the beginning of your, your year or at least once a year. One is this, just helping to set the parameters for good discussions. And another is small group essentials that are just a list of our values and things that, that are good to review with your group. Hey, here's some things we we hold important. So those two things you might consider. Uh, we take a summer break, summer break and start back in August. And so the start of the year coming up in August, you might just plan on sharing those two things with your group. Very good. All right, number three is allow conversational balance. And here's the text. So that everyone can participate, be conscious of the amount of time you talk Make sure that the group has heard from everyone. If not, help create enough silence for those who are slower to respond to jump in. You know, I mentioned the long talkers early on, and sometimes that'll be an issue because we've all had people in our groups who are the first to answer, and they always answer. They're the first to answer. And then we realize, like I did today, that, wow, there are people in my group who didn't say a word mm. yesterday and didn't. maybe they didn't have a chance. But um, what you might do is get with that person who's always first to answer the question and and just talk to them how about how about how important it is spiritually for us to all participate and spiritually because we learn you know we process when we verbalize it and so there are people missing out on that and so maybe get that person on your team and say hey help me help others participate and help me make sure everybody gets to talk and so maybe you hold your answer and, and see if other people have, have said that or processed that. And then some people need to process a little bit before they say something, you mm-hmm. know, uh, they don't just immediately have the answer, but after they've thought a minute. And so, yeah, help me create some silence. That's going to help those people. So get them on your team. That might be one idea to handle that. Create the silence, but you also, as a small group leader, have to be okay with awkward silence. Yes. That's a hard thing to be okay with because I, I can't stand it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you have to learn to adapt to, to be okay with it because mm-hmm. that's sometimes that's the only way people get the courage to say something. Yes. All right. Number four is patience. And this is addressed to, uh, remember, it's addressed to group members. 
Resist the urge to speak everything that comes to your mind. You will often leave the, re- leave the meeting with points you wanted to make or questions you didn't ask. That's okay. Hmm. Trust the leader and the Holy Spirit for spiritual progress. I think sometimes group members can, you know, take on responsibility for the life change in others, you know, and we need to leave room for the Holy Spirit and trust the leader. You know, sometimes the leader has a plan. You might think something really needs to be said. It's in his notes. He's going to get to it maybe. And so have a little bit of trust there and, and just um, just be patient as conversation develops. Very good. Um, you know, one thing I realized, I won't share the whole detail of this, but Sunday night, uh, somebody asked me a question and, and I told him in advance, hey, this is going to be a 10-minute answer, so hang with me. But in the middle of it, I started to say, hey, let me go ahead and give you some details. And my wife says, no, don't. <laughs> and, so, and so I said, okay. You're right. I'll save that detail and move on. And, you know, I was trying to analyze why did I do that? And and I think it was on my mind and I wanted to go ahead and share it sort of as a delay tactic to think, okay, where do I go next and, and get back on track? And, and you know, she was absolutely right. And I, I mentioned that later in the group. You're right. I, I didn't need to share that detail. So mm. anyway, let's just realize why, you know, analyze why we say the things we, we do sometimes. And so just be patient. Number five. Chris, you want to read that one for us? Words matter. Um, This is a a big one. Be aware of how you are personally impacting people through your words, actions, and nonverbal communication. So, Do you see me rolling my eyes now? I did. (laughs) I did. (laughs) So I want to key in on nonverbal communication. um, And just to to illustrate this a little bit. uh, So I lead a preschool class on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. And I've been with these kids for a long time. Well, not too long because they're... They're only five. Not more than five years, yeah. right? <laughs> but, uh, but I know them very well, and they know me very well. Um, and uh, we we always tell stories first. And they're always on the rug, and some of the kids are laying down, and some of them are just fidgeting, and some of them are just, you know, like kicking their feet or whatever. But they're all listening. Every single one of them can can answer a mm-hmm. question when I ask them, mm-hmm. okay? If that's happening in my group, small group on um, Wednesday nights, that's a totally different picture, okay? Um, our nonverbal communication of how we're – listening to someone else um, can totally derail that person's willingness to share something. Um, and so it's very, very important about how we're responding, how we're listening well. Also, how the words that we're using for the ones speaking. Um, so it's a big deal. Mm, right. And number six and seven probably are pretty similar, but um, number six is is just listen. And the point there is, particularly during prayer time, we sometimes think we need to help people solve their problems, and it, it is just a, a prayer time. Um, you know, and other times we can just forget the, the power of listening and, and, um, and, and just, just sitting. But um, number seven, I, I want to change the name of that and just say do pray. You know, I was mentioning about the prayer time, and I've, um, I've caught my groups before. During prayer time, they're fixing somebody else's problems and, and giving advice. And the sarcastic part of me wants to say, you know, we are in the portion of time in this group that we're taking prayer requests. We're not helping one another solve life problems. Um, but I have noticed that I almost do that unintentionally when it kind of winds down or I wind it down and say, any other prayer request? And sometimes people go, <laughs> oh, I wasn't doing a prayer request. And they'll they'll kind of laugh it off realizing they kind of chase that rabbit of helping solve somebody's problems rather than uh, than listening. So. All right. Number eight is one I haven't had too many problems with, but number eight is no distractions. It says show honor to the person talking by giving your full attention 
no texting and no side conversations. I don't think I've ever had a problem with people texting, but what about you? Well, this is kind of tricky because what if they're actually taking notes? Yes, that did happen to me one time in an individual meeting. (laughs) I was actually doing an interview with a small group leader. And, you know, part of that is, is teaching and communicating some things. And, um, this was a, a single guy and he was, you know, kept looking down at his phone. I was just going, man, something important at work must be going on. Oh, wow. And, um, toward the end of the meeting, he, uh, he thanked me for all the things that I'd shared and he held up notes and said, I've been typing all these things you've been sharing with me. I went, Oh, oh wow. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, I thought, okay. And you uh, felt this yeah, big. I felt, <laughs> yeah. I felt that big. So anyway, so yeah. Um, you know, one of the things, side conversations, particularly in a larger group, that can be really distracting. Oh, completely. And uh, and the person who is talking does not feel honored. <laughs> you know, right. when when there are people in the room that um, you know just carry on a side conversation, so that that can be bad. Um, number nine is listen and pause. And I know we we sound like we're saying some of the things, but um, I just wanted to talk about knee jerk reactions, and sometimes. We're, we're just so quick. And so, um, be careful if you have some, I mean, you just might really get riled up about something that somebody says, just be patient and wait on the next opportunity to, to share that. You know, the challenge with that one too, is if you're interrupting the way they're telling what it is that they're telling, what you don't realize is that they're internally working through a process of getting to the climax of the, of the thing that they want to share. And so they're, as they're building that up, if you're interrupting or jumping in or cutting the chase, you're kind of derailing Mm -hmm. the impact they want to have by telling that, that story. Right. Or the courage that they're building up by getting there. Right. Okay. Well, this this next one's fun. You know, let's save the next one to next week. I think, I think if we're going to make, uh, We'll never no. hit our 25-minute limit. Nope. Of course, those listening, though, we sometimes go to 30, 35, but... Thank you for still listening. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for that. So, anyway, um, you know, next week uh, we'll we'll finish this, and, um, you know, the, at the end we'll talk about some important things. What if you've tried some remedies and just absolutely nothing works with fixing some of the conversational problems? And, uh, you know, we'll talk about some worst-case scenarios next week, and... I had one leader that that told me, "Hey, I wish I'd had this conversation with you very long ago." So, mm-hmm. uh, tune in next time, and we'll um, we'll get some of those serious matters. You know, hey, what if nothing works? Well, that's all for this episode of the Great Groups Podcast. Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss the next episode. Also, visit us online at greatgroups.org and leave a comment there. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening today. We'll be back next time with a conversation that inspires you to make disciples. And that's the point of great groups. Make disciples.